Welcome to a football edition of At the Buzzer. Woo! Sorry, I joined in. Let's do it. We're back. I'm glad. Someone can match my energy. I I did. I I cowered it out at the end. You didn't cower it out. You didn't have the, you didn't have a chance to finish the charge. It's all good. We're back. Um, I'm we're we're the Ralphie Report. I'm Jack. He's Sam. Hi. Yep. And <laughs> fellas, we made it. Everyone else, we also made it. Football's well, back. Probably. Probably. Well, that's true. Um. November 7th is the official start date for Colorado football. Mark it down. Put it everywhere. Boulder yeah. County Public Health, which is the final hurdle, I believe, was uh, there's quite a bit of consternation about the fact that they banned gatherings for, what was it, Sam? Eight, 17 18 to 22-year-old. 18 to 22-year-old. So basically college kids. Um, they, couldn't, they couldn't gather in groups of more than two, right? I don't yeah. live there. It was, it, was only, it was only one person and then they realized oh female students are now at danger walking right. alone you might as well put a, a neon sign up that's saying like we don't care about college kids but anyways whatever so that's i believe set to expire this week or today maybe um which is we're well nobody's following it nobody's following it i was just on the hill to get food last night horrible mistake don't do it you'll get <laughs> your life going to get food and that's before you even see other people. Just ruin your life to go to the hill right now. Yeah, and so just there's a lot of uh, college students that just walking around without masks on, going into restaurants without masks on. It's great. Love this place. Hey, I once again, I'm not going to get mad at college kids because they're college kids. I'm going to get mad at everyone else for allowing them. If they don't want this behavior in the community, then don't be greedy enough to bring them back. But whatever. Anyways, who cares? Boulder County Public Health, I believe, is expiring their public order for that. We're recording this on December or November, geez, October 8th. <laughs> and um, I believe it expires today, which means that football practice in earnest can start-ish tomorrow. Um, and I think camp for the CU starts on the 14th. So fall camp is on October 14th for Carl Durrell, his first full camp with the Buffs. Oh, that's right. That's the same day. Uh, I think college basketball is starting practice that same day. Okay. That, well, that works out. So um, for more up-to-date updates on this, follow your intrepid reporter, Brian Howell, at the Boulder Daily Camera and consider getting a local subscription because newspapers deserve to stay alive. Um, yep. And he is on it all there. day. But we get to do fun stuff. He gets yeah, to do, he has like, to do everything. Yeah, what are we what are we doing today? Huh? So well, so we can go over the schedule, which was also announced. Pac twelve went through that. Um, I I think CU was under the strictest public orders. I think Stanford is under similar orders, but we'll talk about. I don't know. There's a bunch of different things I want to talk about. Um, there's some slight basketball scheduling news and Tab Boyle always honest with the media drops some cool things that he talked about what he wants to look at for his team this year um, I don't know we can talk about it all I think the biggest thing is the schedule I mean I have the schedule in front of me okay let's go through it well okay so they're going to open on November 7th against UCLA they're going to move the, then they're going to go at the road to Stanford 
and then the week after they host Arizona State, then they go at USC, at Arizona, and then on December 11th on a Friday, they play Utah at home. And, then, and there's no uh, bye weeks, right? No bye weeks, no bye weeks. And then during Pac-12 championship week, unless CU is in the Pac-12 championship, which they won't be, they will be playing just some other team in the Pac-12. So that's going to be seven games total. I like the schedule. It's not as difficult as our previous schedule was. Like, we don't have to go at Washington or at Oregon this week or this year. Well, I think I also like the schedule. I think the Pac-12 South, which is basically what the schedule is, is softer than the Pac-12 North again. Absolutely. So – don't say always. There was a point in the beginning of the, the decade where Oregon and a bunch of garbage, and, and in fact, the South had quite a bit of good teams. Um, well, all six teams in the South won the South in all six years, right? And Well, it, I don't know if it was exactly that, but in 10 years, all six teams have now won the South. That's correct. Okay, yeah. Anyways, um, I think that that's the softest landing, at softest opening I've I've seen for a CU team, and thank God Carl Duras to be super happy. Um, recent that they revised their Pac-12, uh, they released the Pac-12 poll, like media poll for standings, and Colorado was voted fourth in the division. So, um, good news basically because I believe Arizona and Stanford were both below, voted below them, or sorry, Arizona and UCLA. And CU plays both of them. So, realistically, I don't think this is going to happen. But realistically, you can count on two wins right there, which means you already beat the Pac-12 or the Vegas projections, which has CU at one and a half wins over under. I also think Stanford early is going to be really, really – I think it's going to be a pretty good game for CU to play because they had even more restrictive practice guidelines, um, and they have a lot of talent gone. Okay, so so you're thinking that there's three wins on the table. Yeah, before the championship game. I have no idea who they're going to match up against. If they match up against Wazoo, I would put a fourth potentially. Um, Oregon State, no way. And everyone else, no way. Yeah, Oregon State, I think, would win. Um, we don't know what our own team is going to look like, much less what the other teams are going to look like. Mm-hmm. We have vague outlines. Yes, yes. If feels very futile to guess what's going to happen. We don't know what our who our quarterback will be. We don't know what the receiver depth chart will look like. Not even like we don't even know who's going to start at safety. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, I let's let's be honest. I mean, Carl Durrell doesn't fucking know that, right? Like, oh, fall camp hasn't even happened yet. So I, it's it's tough for us to yeah. Like, I don't think. Anyone who has a depth chart now is just guessing. He's dropped some tiny bits of information, but like you said, there's really nothing for us to go off of. We can go off of departures, and some other teams had way more departures than CU did during the pandemic, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, um, do you you have opinions on UCLA and Arizona State or on Arizona though? I've, I mean, I have opinions on on every team that in the, in the back like, like you. Have, like, why, why would CU win those games? Well, I think, I think CU being voted fourth is correct. That's where I would have put them before this weird year started anyways. I, 
UCLA relies a lot on Dorian Thompson Robinson to be really good, and I don't think he can be really good. Um, he's exciting, but I don't. I think he he can be shut down, and he that team is in shambles regardless. I think so. Um, that's a pretty easy open at home. So they have to come to altitude November 7th. Who knows what the weather's going to be like. If it's snowy, that comes in CU's favorite because CU can really run the ball. And I, I think that's going to be a win. Um, Arizona, it, it, <laughs> it's so weird. If you talk to anyone else outside of CU, they're all just like, I don't know. I'm worried about facing Grant Gunnell after having Khalil Tate. But then you talk to CU fans and you're like, there is no possible way that Arizona's quarterback can do better for their team than what, than what he, he has done for the past three years. Like Khalil Tate won three straight games single-handedly against CU. Like that is the game. That's what happened. Now that he's gone, I, I don't know if Grant Gunnell can do the same thing. Other than U, U, USC quarterbacks just setting each other's records, or breaking each other's records every year they played CU. I don't think I've seen a player humiliate our team as much as Tate did. And now the bad man is gone. So while everyone else is saying that Grant Cannell is good, which he might be good. I, I think he is good. But I, he's not what Khalil Tate was against CU. So I, that makes me a little less scared. They've had a lot of early departures. Both the Schooler brothers left. So Colin Schooler left for Texas and Brandon Schooler left for Texas Tech, I believe. Is, I got that right? Two starters gone. They got their best offensive lineman back after transferring out Donovan A.E., I think is how you say that. But uh, they still had a lot of early departures. Kevin Sumlin just tested positive for COVID at a really bad time, so he has to quarantine for a while. And um, I don't know. I think they're really disjointed right now. They had early departures, not a lot of talent there to begin with. Um, we'll see. I, I think they're a poorly constructed team. Okay, I like it. I mean, you, you are think? those your thoughts? Do you have do you have thoughts on those teams? You give me my thoughts on these on this stuff. <laughs> okay, I don't think I just don't know as much about football. Uh, who do you think is going to win the Pac-12 South, and why do you pick USC? I think it is USC. Uh, they have the best lines in the conference. They have Keaton Slovis who's really good. Um, Arizona State has Jaden Daniels, who's also really good, but I don't. I think the rest of their team doesn't have the same talent, and I'm going to pick talent. Um, somehow, Clay Helton is now okay and still good. Um, I mean, they brought back Elijah Vera Tucker, too. He, he recommitted to the team after he uh, Yes, and the same thing happened um, at Oregon with a few of their secondary. Though that doesn't really matter for us anymore because CU's not playing them. Yeah. I don't know. USC just has a lot of depth. I really like their backfield. Stephen Carr is still one of my favorite running backs to watch, and he's been hurt his entire uh, career, I guess, which is bad because we didn't really get to see him in full force. So hopefully he stays healthy as a senior now. I think he's just really fun to watch. He's like a classic – giant running back um, who can just glide through people. They don't have the I crazy... Those, I love those long striding running backs. Yeah, that's, that's a better way to put it. My Ronald Jones stock is finally hitting after <laughs> years of waiting for him to bust out. Yeah, he just needed Tom Brady. Well, he just needed... Yeah, yeah, honestly, I guess. 
they don't have the crazy wide receivers they had last year. They don't have the Michael Pittmans. Um, I, is Tyler Vaughn still on this stupid team? Oh, my God. Tyler Vaughn is still on this team. He's still terrifying. Amon Ra is still there, too. Um, yes, Drake London is not that good. Kyle Ford, in between CU and USC, famously, uh, was almost the, the highest-rated wide receiver recruit in history uh, for CU. Did not come here. I remember him. Drew McCoy, the, the Texas-USC transfer, transfer back guy. Awesome Great in that. Name. But regardless, all that is secondary to why I picked them. I picked them because I think they have the best lines. Their offensive line is super experienced, really – talented they have uh, a really good nose tackle and marlon tui pelotu um and i there's just experience all over that roster yeah i mean even the i mean i know uh palaye gateote is really he's really good on at linebacker he's probably gonna be first team all conference and i still remember him trying to hit LaVisca Chanel and knocking himself out. I, yes, that was hilarious. And you already mentioned J2 Falele. Or J2, I believe he still opted out, <laughs> but I do not know if he's coming. I, I don't know. I I'll thought he was still opted out. Um, Todd Orlando at coordinator is going to be interesting. I believe it's the second oh, year. He's gone. Two Falele's gone. Yeah, okay. And Graham Harrell obviously like injected incitement into that offense. So, I don't know. I, I think they're pretty well poised to be uh, the lead. Isn't that what was voted on, too? Uh, I think so. Any? What are your opinions, then? Do you think CU has any chance to beat Arizona State at home? It is November 21st, so there could be some weather, but... I don't think so. Not this year. Jaden Daniels is still terrifying. Um, oh, I apologize. I had this all wrong. People have UCLA voted above CU, so CU is fifth. Oh, I don't agree with that, but that's whatever. I don't either. So they have USC first, Arizona State second, Utah third, UCLA fourth, CU fifth, Arizona sixth. Um, I don't think Arizona State is is gettable this year. They got they uh they were a young defense last year, and they still were pretty. Stingy, I, I think, in a year of aging is not going to make them worse. We have no idea if CU can move the ball because we have a new offense. I mean, brand new everything. So, it's – we don't know. Maybe. At least I know Benjamin's gone. Yeah, but I, honestly, he was pretty bottled up the last time CU played him. I mean, yeah, I know that. But... Yeah, oh, he, he was, was terrifying. Damn, that's not – he fell off. He fell off. I remember ASU fans were hyping him up as like a first or second round pick. There are some people that are like, uh, I don't know, maybe he's a Heisman contender. No. Also, no Brandon Ayuk. So. Get your uh, Adrian Martinez Heisman type out of <laughs> I wonder if he's going to be on the ballot again this year. Adrian Martinez, Nebraska quarterback. God. Have you. Who is the Heisman front runner right now? Um, now going into the season? Right now. Right now. I mean, is it Trevor Lawrence still? He's boring as hell. I know. There's that BYU quarterback, Zach Wilson. He's been lighting up everything. Yeah, I don't, think, like, it, I don't think it'll be him. 
He has like 11 touchdown passes and 11 incompletions. That's I mean, if you're going to ask me who I want it to be, I want it to be Kyle Pitts at Florida. I love tight ends, and I love yeah. tight ends that have five touchdowns in like two games or whatever the hell he has. Six touchdowns, two games. Damn. Yeah, that's who I want. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You know, I this is a complete tangent. I once, in NCAA football, I created a prospect. I created him as like an offensive lineman, but I knew he was going to be a tight end, so all the stats were ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I just changed his position, recruited him to CU, got him in, and I scored like 40 touchdowns with him. I turned him into my goal line running back, mm-hmm. and I still didn't even get fifth place on the Heisman. I didn't even get top five. It's a, it's a, well, it's a glory trophy, man. It's not for the people who actually help you win games. Well, I had like 44 touchdowns with him. I know. Well, here's all I'm saying, dude. I think it's so dumb that uh, I think it's insane that Kyle Trask is actually getting Heisman hype, but Kyle Pitts isn't. Because Kyle Trask is like an above average quarterback in terms of stats right now. Kyle Pitts yeah. is like the best. If this pace continues, which it won't, but if it does, he is the best tight end ever. Like that's multiply that over 12 games, six, that's three touchdowns a game. He's going to have legitimately 36 touchdowns if he played a full season. Like, why is, oh, why is to, that not more – I don't know. I have to share something with you. Okay. So I was doing a little spreadsheet today because I really like draft stuff. Brag. I was looking at the, the, the best player of the – like, from 2010 to 2019, the best first round, second round, third round, et cetera, pick of every position. Do you want to know who the best first round pick tight end was in the past decade? In the past decade, I'll so give that, you a hint. That, that excludes Gronk, right? No, Gronk was a second rounder, so he doesn't count. Travis Kelsey was the third rounder. George Kittle was fifth. Um, don't give me a hint. I think I can get this because this is a trick question. Is it Austin Safarian Jenkins? Why would you guess him? Because I thought it was a trick question. No, I'm saying literally the best first-round pick tight end of the past 10 years is probably Jermaine Gresham. Okay, that's not that much better than Austin Safarian Jenkins. No, I know. But it's just, that's so bad. It's pretty bad. None of these first-round picks. I was considering Noah Fant, even though he's only played four good games. He's still pretty good, though. No, He's exciting, at least. He's very exciting. Like, Eric Ebron was a strong contender. Oh, yikes. Eric Ebron. What happened to Dwayne Allen? Remember him? Oh, he was so good. I think he got injured. <sighs> just crazy. What What else was on your docket? So I could just tell you with the, this buff because there is there are two buffs on here, so it counts with buff content. That's two buffs? You're picking the first round? No, no, no. I'm saying, like, best ever players at their position of the round. Oh, so, like, I see. David Bach- David Bakhtiari is the best offensive tackle draft in the fourth round. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. Philip, Philip Lindsay has an argument for best undrafted running back. James Robinson this year, though. Well, I mean, Philip Lindsay made two, a 2,000 yard rush. 2,000 yard season. What about Tyler Eifert? He's good. Yeah, I looked up his stats. His like career high in receiving yards is like 600 in a season. 
Okay. Well, anyways. Anyways, um, we can talk briefly about the basketball stuff coming out, trickling out. What so, Colorado basketball stuff trickling out. Great. So, as you, as you mentioned, workouts are supposed to start on October 14th, which I believe is the same day that the football team can officially start fall camp. Um, that's been in place for CU for a while, so there's not a lot of scrambling for them there. Um, they did pull out of whatever tournament they were going to do. I forgot what it was called. But that's too bad. Yeah. There's there was a few Power 5 teams in there. It would have been really nice to have those um, on the schedule. Matt Norlander actually <laughs> can – um, confirmed that it was not Tad that was like pulling out of the tournament. It was just the fact that it was not going to be like no team was going to fly there and they were just the first to, to bite. Uh, it was the Fort Myers tip off. So it was Butler, Wisconsin, South Florida, and CU, and CU pulled out of that. Um, but as the other, on the other side of the coin, they did just opt into a, uh, different tournament that has CU, Kansas State, Drake, and South Dakota State. So they're, they're definitely going to play at least one Power 5 team in the non-conference. Can't wait to see Mike Dom. You think he just went straight into coaching? Mike Dom? Yeah. No, he's still there. No, he's not. You are joking. No, he's not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, I was about to say. There is absolutely no way. He plays in Spain. Okay. David Jenkins, is he still there? No, he transferred, right? I don't know the who that freshman is. guard that lighted lit us up when he played in uh, when we played them in 2017, I think, or maybe it's 2018. Anyways, um, and he also confirmed that he's going to try. They think they're going to be able to play CSU again this year because that is for some reason important to Dab Oil and is too stressful for me. I don't want to play. I don't want to. I don't want that game. It's different now that you say she's gone. Um, it's still like a dog fight, which is annoying. And I really like Nico Medved as a coach, so I think it's it, there's a legit chance that that drops. But um, whatever. David Jenkins is still at South Dakota State, supposedly, is what this is telling me. No, he's not. Good, thank God. But they do have a kid named Douglas Wilson who is – Still a really good post player. Yeah, I actually didn't watch that game, so I don't even know what you're talking about. The triple over, like the triple over, was a double overtime game where McKinley Wright yeah, got a triple double, almost got a triple triple double. I wasn't, I didn't see it. I wasn't. I wow, wasn't. it was a great game. Yeah, I, I've heard that it's one, like one of the best games of the the era. I just didn't watch it. I just haven't seen it. They don't have like full game replays anywhere. Well, anyways, I'm not scared of South, South, uh, South Dakota State this year at all. Um, Kansas State is also probably the wor- one of the worst Power 5 teams, Power 6 teams to play. So hopefully so you can notch that one in as well. Um, I don't know. I, I, we don't know the rest of the schedule. It's going to be pretty light. I think it's what Tab Boyle said, they're trying to do seven non-con and 20 conference games or nine non-con and 18 conference games. That's what it's going to look like. So pretty low-key this year. I like that. Yeah, yeah. He also mentioned um, that he thinks Eli Parquet is really going to be good this year. We all knew that he loved Eli Parquet anyways because he's good at defense, oh, yeah. and that's all it takes. But 
and he started developing his jumper. Yeah, well, I think he became a really good offensive weapon near the end of last year. Definitely. He's yeah. one of the better yeah. cutters on the team. I think Eli Parquet is good. I hope he doesn't get squeezed out of the lineup, out of the rotation. Uh, I don't think there's any chance of that happening. I know, I mean, really, and we've talked about this for a while, this freshman pe- players are going to play, but not that much. All eyes are going to be Keyshawn Bartholomew because he's going to play a lot for a newcomer. And frankly, no one's talking. I, I shouldn't say no one, but we are talking about this. Jariah Horn has the potential to be really, really good for CU. Like, really good. He's going to be a mix between Bay and Seward, and if he can pull that off to be the, the good part of Bay and the good part of Seward and not the bad part of either, that's going to be awesome. See, I don't see where the defensive potential is. I get that he's better defensively than Lucas Seward, but I just I haven't seen him enough to know how good a defense he is. No, I don't, I don't think he's going to be a Tyler Bay-level impact defender. I meant more um, he's oh, athletic okay. and he can board um, and – he'll take C where I'm on the offensive side of the ball pretty much. Okay. Cause for me, I think of Bay as he should have been better at offense. Um, I realize it's a little bit controversial because Bay was a bucket, but yeah. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I'm excited. We're, we're going to have to do a roster breakdown soon. And once we actually know what's happening at practices, once they start being, conducted we can figure out who's going to be good and who's not going to be good well yeah i I mean we know one thing mckinley wright is going to be good that is something that we have known for three years um we have a good inkling that evan batty's going to be good and we are pretty sure that deshaun schwartz is going to be at least a starter level player he will be deshaun schwartz yeah those are established i think yeah um Everything past that is kind of not established in an exciting way, and I'm more excited than like scared of that. I don't. I'm not really scared of this team at all. I, I'm really. I want to see what Nick Clifford can do. I want to see what Jabari Walker can do. Um, but really, Dry Horn and Bartholomew are like what this season pivots on. Anyways, I don't know. We can talk about that more, like you said, when we have more information. But I thought that schedule thing was interesting. 20 conference games would be really, really fun, and I hope they do that because that means we play every te- almost every team twice. So. I hope they can pull that off. Yeah, that would be really fun. Um, yeah, what what else do you have? Kind of letting you steer the ship today. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, CU's recruiting class and football continues to get bigger. It looked like it was going to be a small class at the beginning of the summer because there's not that many seniors graduating and no one transferred out during COVID, really. So um, I don't know where they're going to find the numbers. They always find them somewhere. But CU just added, I think, their 17th commitment. Um, and TJ Patu, who's a really good star prospect or whatever you want to call that, buff prospect, that hybrid safety spot. Um, reads the defense really aggressive – or offense really aggressively. He's really good near the line of scrimmage, so he's going to be more in the Ryan Moeller mold um, of that where he needs to be near the line of scrimmage to knife through. He, I, I think his best quality is stringing out outside running plays. I think – you know, Davion Taylor's closing speed really made it hard for running backs to run at him if it was outside of the, the trenches because he could just cut off any angles. And I think this guy has a lot of the same ability. Um, and it looks like they're not done. So it looks like they're, they might be done offensively, but there's a few more prospects on the defensive side of the ball that um, CU has in the fire. And 
What's crazy to me, again, and I don't I love that this is happening, but Brian Michalowski is going to be a top three recruiter in the Pac twelve for his position again. Like he is insane. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for Jason Harris this year. Right. And that, I mean, that was pretty much all him. He had a hand in, in the defensive linemen that are already on the, the board. So Tyus Martin, um, he had a hand in and he had a, pretty much every defensive prospect Michael Lowski talks to at some point. But um, on just his position group, there's quite a bit of interest still out there. Um, Christian Zachary, I believe is his name. He's a defensive end from oh geez i should know this uh georgia georgia and it's in between us and alabama and uh i believe texas at this point or maybe it's baylor but no i mean great company to be in arden walker's in-state guy that's in between cu and texas um so if if michael can can pull that out it's even more bona fides he's just really good at at recruiting so that's exciting um, Mikulowski. Yeah, I think CU missed out on their last chance at a legit four-star prospect when Caleb Elamdor decided in between CU and Cal and he decided to for Cal, which is too bad and also pretty annoying. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. This is a more California-heavy recruiting staff, but that has never really gained traction. I think it's because Shiverini is spread a little too thin right now. I don't know. I don't know. So there you go. There's my recruiting thoughts. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. I appreciate it. And I'm done. Are you done? Uh, yeah, I'm done. All right. Well, see you next time. Football's back. Balls. 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 Balls.